Hello, good morning. Let's see what's up with. Oh, why is it? It ain't working. Republicans have new dangerous plan to interfere with Trump prosecution 14 minutes ago. Thanks for 230K, man. Even though it's just my sensors. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. A MAGA Republican state senator from Georgia named Colton Moore has just sent a letter to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp demanding that there be an emergency session of the legislature in Georgia to address Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis seeking and obtaining a grand jury indictment of Donald Trump plus 18 other co-defendants. It is complete and utter lawlessness from these MAGA Republicans who, in defense of Donald Trump breaking the law, aren't actually putting up valid legal defenses. Instead of trying to defend against the blatant criminality of Donald Trump, what do we see the MAGA Republicans do time and time again? Try to interfere with law and order. They call for the defunding of the FBI. They call for the defunding of the Department of Justice. At the state level, look what happens in Florida where you have MAGA Republican fascist governor Ron DeSantis just suspend district attorneys and prosecutors who are elected by constituents just because DeSantis doesn't like them, because they are law and order Democrats, and DeSantis, a lawless MAGA Republican, just says, oh, in his Orwellian way, you're not enforcing the law pursuant to Florida Constitution, so now you've got to sue me, and then when they sue DeSantis, he goes, sovereign immunity, you can't sue me, actually. You can't sue the uh, government, just a bunch of BS like that. And then here we see in Georgia now, and they're, by the way, following the playbook of the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives, what do they want to do? Try to interfere with all of the criminal investigations and cases against Donald Trump. Here we've got Colton Moore, letter August 17, 2023, to Governor Brian Kemp, stating the following. Dear Governor Kemp, we the undersigned, being duly elected members of the Georgia House of Representatives, and Georgia Senate and comprise three-fifths of each respective house pursuant to Article 4, Section 2, Paragraph 7b, hereby certified to you in writing with a copy to the Secretary of State that in our opinion an emergency exists in the affairs of the state requiring a special session to be convened under that section for all purposes to include without limitation the review and response to the actions of Fawnie Willis, signed State Senator Colton Moore, and then State Senator Colton Moore, here he is right here, then because he writes that letter, he goes on the far right-wing extremist show, the Charlie Kirk show, and then he spreads again the same lawlessness on the Charlie Kirk show. Just first, the Charlie Kirk, who the other night after Donald Trump was indicted, this is what uh, Charlie Kirk had to say about Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. Play the clip. Impressive piece of work by Fannie Willis. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Fannie Willis. Fannie. 
because she doesn't want us to call her Fannie Willis, apparently. She going to indict us because we mispronounced her name? So yes, folks, we are dealing with a little fascist toddler in Charlie Kirk, someone who wants to act like a big, tough guy. So then he brings on Colton Moore, looks like a total maniac, and listen to Colton Moore explain what's going on here. Play this clip. We're in a dire situation. After these indictments came out, I woke up, ate my biscuit, and I was like, is there a hair in my biscuit? I mean, this is disgusting. We have a district attorney using taxpayer money, using her government authority to persecute her political opponents to the tune of the death penalty. I will not be a sitting senator in this state and potentially have the former president be executed in the state of Georgia. You know, the MAGA Republicans can't just simply say, look, everybody is presumed under the law to be innocent until proven guilty, and we are going to evaluate the actual evidence that exists and we will make a determination upon seeing the actual evidence. The evidence is overwhelming. I don't know how somebody like Colton Moore can be okay with Donald Trump threatening a Secretary of State, a Republican, might I add, to find votes or else, and to threaten Brad Raffensperger that there could be criminal repercussions against Brad Raffensperger if he didn't find the votes, we all heard the phone call. How Colton Moore can be okay with fake elector schemes, attempts to overthrow our democracy. Heck, how about having MAGA Republican agents of Donald Trump break into the Coffee County election offices and steal election data? How about threatening Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss, Georgia election workers? But MAGA Republicans... They want to live in their MAGA-Republican, dystopian, fantasy land where they just say, look, if Rudy Giuliani says it, it's true. If Donald Trump says it, it's true. Who cares about the facts? Donald Trump told me. Donald Trump told me. I mean, this gives off those MAGA-Republican Jim Jordan vibes. You just think about this. MAGA-Republican Jim Jordan chairs the Judiciary Committee in the House of Representatives, right? He's not a lawyer, uh, went to law school, never passed the bar exam, so he's not a licensed lawyer. And when he goes on and gives interviews, remember this one back uh, back in, when, in, in Special Counsel Jack Smith's criminal investigation and prosecution of Donald Trump in connection with the theft of classified documents? Dana Bash from CNN said, okay, Donald Trump saying he declassified all, everything telepathically. What evidence do you have of that? Trump's lawyers aren't even making that argument, right? Remember, Jim Jordan's like, yeah, I go, I go on the president's word. Play this clip. Eat HelloFresh worth the price? Absolutely. I just love the idea of having my meals planned and food shopping taken care of. But now that I've tried it for a few weeks, I can absolutely save money with HelloFresh. This week, a few evidence that the president. Uh, when he was president, now former president, actually declassified these documents before he took them. I go on the president's word, and he said he did, and the Supreme Court said that's what counts. So we can have all the all the wants to say 
but everyone sees this for the political operation it is. Or how about this clip where you have Jim Jordan and James Comer when asked, well, do you have any evidence about President Biden? Remember what they said? They go, I hope so. We hope so. Play the clip. No, do you believe that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation? And do you believe that you will be able to prove that? Jim Comer. I sure hope so. And I, I do believe that uh, there's a lot of smoke. And when there's smoke, there's fire. We, we just heard testimony right. today that Joe Jim. Biden had lied to the American people. And then they just go to outright going on shows like Fox, like Laura Ingraham, where they call for, let's just dismantle the FBI. Let's dismantle the Department of Justice because they're investigating domestic terrorism because they're investigating and charging insurrectionists. Play this clip. If, if a Republican wins the White House, and Lord help us if that does not happen, but if let's say it's, it's Trump, don't you believe that he has to completely dismantle the FBI and remake it into what it was originally supposed to be? I mean, this yeah. is, can this be saved at this yeah. point? Yeah, but you're, you're right. We're going to need a new president who's going to come in and put the right people at the top. Now, the vast majority of the rank and file agents are great people. After all, they're the ones coming forward and telling us what's going on. It's the folks at the top. And by the way, when you ask them, okay, well, what, 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 are you, what are you doing? Remember, James Comer just said this. James Comer, who chairs the House Oversight Committee, MAGA Republican, remember Jim Jordan, accused of covering up sexual abuse at the college that he worked at before being a member of Congress. James Comer accused by his ex-girlfriend of abuse and forcing her to get an abortion. Yeah, J James Comer is who we're referring to. There's a, there seems to be a theme here when we're talking about these MAGA Republicans. Um, here James Comer says that one of the accomplishments is interfering with Hunter Biden's plea agreement, which by the way is going to backfire before the Republicans became the majority, and, and I received subpoena power at the end of January. Okay. Uh, and, and as far as the... And, the, Rob, we yeah. blocked that sweetheart plea deal. That's another thing. That, that was, was a yeah. win. Uh, if we're going to change Washington, we've got to hold these people accountable. That was a great first step in shoving that sweetheart plea deal up the rear ends of the Department of Justice. That's what happened with that judge in Delaware, and that was because of the good work of congressional investigations by House Republicans. And again, it's all gaslighting, 100% gaslighting. Now Republican James Comer says, I'll put, I'll put what we have against all of the prosecutions against Trump. We've got much more than all of the prosecutors do combined. Play this clip. Even though most of the courts are stacked against us, we have a case that will win in court. I will put what we put together up against any of the prosecutors who are trying to uh, prosecute Donald Trump right now. Because we have hard evidence, we have facts, we will have more testimony, we will have more bank records. And at the end of the day, my goal is to get the truth to the American people. And uh, my colleagues in the House will have an opportunity to do something with that. If they want to impeach, then then, uh, then we will do that. Uh, we are. Where I stand on that, I would vote to impeach right now. Okay. The gaslighting here is absurd. Fake whistleblowers, 
hey, you say there's 17 audio recordings of Biden that actually there was no audio recordings. You say there's a whistleblower. Oh, whistleblower one missing. Whistleblower two dead. Whistleblower three is a spy for the CCP, a spy of China and a Libyan and Iranian arms dealer. Uh, who's your other fake whistleblower? Your other fake whistleblower? Oh, a Russian oligarch who doesn't even agree with what you claim the Russian oligarch said, but the fact that you believe the Russian oligarch is a helpful witness to you just goes to show you you're uh, telling on yourself. Uh, oh, and then you go, well, you have these whistleblowers. And it's like, okay, well, they're complaining about things that happened in April of 2020, for example, when Trump was in office, you realize that. And they're like, well, well Biden was campaigning, you know? You know? We need to live in a fact and evidence-based world, and we see time and time again this MAGA Republican lawlessness trying to interfere with the administration of justice. And by the way, when Donald Trump spewed some nonsense, some more conspiracy theories and lies, this past week, though, Governor Kemp said the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen. For nearly three years now, anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible, and fair, and will continue to be so as long as I am governor. But yet you have people, MAGA Republicans, like Colton Moore, undermining law and order each and every day. But this is a defining characteristic of today's Republican Party. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Please subscribe. Check us out at MidasTouch.com as well. Help us get to 1.5 million subscribers. I'll see you at MidasTouch.com. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. No, you follow us now. surprising news of the night is that Donald Trump was forced to announce that he will not be having a special press event on Monday to, as he put it, refute the 13 criminal charges against him delivered by a Georgia grand jury on Monday. In a written statement tonight, Donald Trump said, rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment. Therefore, the news conference is no longer necessary! Exclamation point. That statement is, of course, a lie. There is no report. Donald Trump doesn't have any such report. And Donald Trump's lawyers will not be putting irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings. They will not do that. Donald Trump is charged in Florida with turning lies about election fraud there into a criminal enterprise. Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyers are not going to mount a defense that says Donald Trump's lies were true. 
Donald Trump has been terrified into silence by Fulton County District Attorney Bonnie Lewis. Another sign of how terrified he is of Bonnie Lewis is what he said about her in that written statement tonight. He called her a publicity and campaign finance seeking DA. Never mind that no one in human history has sought publicity more hungrily than Donald Trump. And no one in human history has more voraciously pulled so-called campaign contributions out of people's pockets to finance his campaigns, his lifestyle, and now his criminal defense. But for Donald Trump to call someone publicity and campaign finance seeking as an insult is as mild an insult as Donald Trump has ever delivered publicly to anyone. This might mean Donald Trump is more in control in the control of his lawyers tonight. It might mean that Donald Trump has turned a corner rhetorically as a criminal defendant and that he will stop launching vicious, false, racist attacks on Fonnie Willis, not a federal judge in Washington who is presiding over Special Prosecutor Jack Smith's prosecution of Donald Trump for some of the same conduct alleged by the Georgia indictment. You could see today when Donald Trump taped an interview for the ultra-low-rated Fox Business Channel that he is, in Trumpian terms, a defeated man. When a fawning host who commands a regular TV audience about one-tenth the size of the audience watching this program right now brought up Donald Trump's newest indictment in Georgia, it was as much of a softball as an indictment question could be. And Donald Trump's response was what, was what Donald Trump would call... I thought we'd just see what you have to say about that. Sure, it's a witch hunt. It's just a continuation of silencing you if they want to silence you. And they mean silence. They are, uh, I think they're sick people. I think they are people that uh, have no idea how the world works. Donald Trump rambled on. He never mentioned those sick people again. And he never said a negative word. Or another negative what the fuck are you doing in here? Get out of here! Four criminal cases against him. Or anything about the judges in two of those cases who he has attacked viciously in the past. It was just a very weary version of his witch hunt bit. Donald Trump has not spoken one word of defense in the case that District Attorney Willis is now prosecuting. And now we know that he will not speak one word of defense on Monday or possibly any other day. Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyers were all far too weak and unprofessional to get him to stop saying poisonous, racist things about Fonnie Willis until she indicted him. And now we see Fonnie Willis's indictment has landed on Donald Trump more heavily than any other indictment of Donald Trump. Bonnie Willis's indictment is the indictment that made Donald Trump shut up. Yay! And so Yay. on Monday, we will not be hearing Donald Trump's defense to the RICO charge he is facing in Georgia. We will not hear Donald Trump's defense to his famous phone call on January 2nd, 2021, to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. 
What if I told you there's a secret hack to get all your favorite TV channels for free legally? Would you do it? No. This new Fuck groundbreaking no. discovery gives you Fuck access TV. to your favorite channels and movies for free. 2021, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. All I want to do is this. I just want to find... 11,780 drugs, which is one more than we have. Donald Trump indicted for solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer. If it sounded criminal to you the first time you heard Donald Trump asking for those 11,000 votes, it sounded criminal to District Attorney Willis, too. And now Donald Trump is indicted for that request that the Secretary of State violate his oath and commit a crime for Donald Trump. But Donald Trump is also indicted on another count for that same phone call. And that is the crime of making false statements to government officials in Georgia, which the indictment says was, quote, an act of racketeering activity. The sentence, this was an act of racketeering activity, appears 34 times in the indictment. The indictment lists 13 important lies that Donald Trump told in that same phone call to Secretary of State Raffensperger in furtherance of the conspiracy. On Monday, we will not hear Donald Trump's defense of any one of those lies. And Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyers will never be able to defend those 13 lies. Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyers will not dare to suggest that any one of these 13 lies is true. Donald Trump has been indicted on multiple counts of making false statements to Georgia officials. The following 13 lies listed in the indictment amount to only one of those counts of making false statements to government officials. Here are those 13 lies that anywhere from 250,000 to 300,000 ballots were dropped mysteriously into the rolls in the presidential election in Georgia. That thousands of people attempted to vote in the, in the presidential election in Georgia and were told they could not because a ballot had already been cast in their name. That 4,502 people voted in the presidential election in Georgia who were not on the voter registration list. That 904 people voted in the presidential election in Georgia who were registered at an address that was a post office box. That Ruby Freeman was a professional vote scammer and known political operative. That Ruby Freeman, her daughter, and others were responsible for fraudulently awarding at least 18,000 ballots to Joseph R. Biden at State Farm Arena in the presidential election in Georgia. That close to 5,000 dead people voted in the presidential election in Georgia. That 139% of people voted in the presidential election in Detroit. That 200,000 more votes were recorded than the number of people who voted in the presidential election in Pennsylvania. That thousands of dead people voted in the presidential election in Michigan. That Ruby Freeman stuffed the ballot boxes. That hundreds of thousands of ballots had been dumped into Fulton County and another county adjacent to Fulton County in the presidential election in Georgia, that he won the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election in Georgia by 400,000 votes. The indictment says this was an act of racketeering activity and an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. 
We have much defendant Trump news to consider in this hour, including his lawyers asking for a three-year delay in the Washington, D.C. trial of Jack Smith's indictment of Donald Trump for his activities leading up to and on January 6th, trying to overthrow the presidential election. And although Donald Trump is not offering one word of defense in any of the criminal cases against him now, Rudolph Giuliani is trying to defend himself with public comments on his radio show in which he repeatedly and very confusedly refers to Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger as Georgia's Attorney General for whom Giuliani expresses his unbridled hatred. Here is a small sample of Rudy Giuliani's defense. She's taking First Amendment statements and advocacy by lawyers and turning it into a racketeering case. I know Rico. Rico's a friend of mine. I come from Brooklyn, you know? I come from a place that's realistic. He knows how to ferret out liars. We'll hear more of the Giuliani defense later in the hour, but we begin our discussion with the consideration of why the Trump defense in the Georgia case has gone completely silent. Defense in the Georgia case has gone completely silent. Other comments. Trump needs another 20 lawyers. The 35 he has is not enough. Motion today in the Washington, D.C. case uh, brought by Special Prosecutor Jack Smith uh, for Donald Trump's conduct leading up to and on January 6th in his attempts to overturn the presidential election. Basically, the case that mirrors the charges in Georgia. Uh, and Donald Trump's defense lawyers in this case believe that Jack Smith's uh, request for a trial. Uh, next year is too soon. They would like to spend all the rest of this year studying the evidence of the case. They would also like to spend all of 2024 studying the evidence of the case. <laughs> and after that, they'd like to spend all of 2025 studying the evidence of the case. And they think, after all that, they will be ready for a trial in April of 20. 26, uh, just about three years from now. They insist that the amount of evidence in the case is overwhelming. Here is one description of it. They say, uh, even assuming we could begin reviewing the documents today, we would need to proceed at a pace of 99,762 pages per day to finish the government's initial production by its proposed date for jury selection. That is the entirety of Tolstoy's War and Peace cover to cover, 78 times a day, every day, from now until jury selection. Uh, Andrew Weissman, speaking of someone who's never finished War and Peace, even once, it sounds like they have a point. They have a point in that due process requires that they be given sufficient time to prepare. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Judge Chutkin does not go with the date that was proposed by Jack Smith. Um, but um, if you've been in the criminal or civil justice system, um, and of course Judge Chutkin has been in both, she knows that this is this is not a, a memorandum.
Removed from office and disqualified. Said, what about all the members of Congress who took part in the January 6th insurrection? Why haven't they been charged yet? Christopher Perez. Trump for prison. It's geared to her. Um, and the reason is, under this reasoning, the Enron case, which I prosecuted, would still be awaiting trial. Um, the... Um, the Mueller cases, which the, I keep on using the Manafort case as an example of a DC case that went to trial within 11 months, we'd still be waiting for that. Page-by-page um, -page review is no longer done, and whether in civil cases or in criminal cases, because of the vast volume of electronic data. Um, you do electronic searches. That is just commonplace in all of these courtrooms. Judge Chutkin knows it. The defense lawyers know it. Uh, the prosecutors know it. This is written for someone else. But having said that, um, the real issue for her is what is the delta of additional material that the government is, is turning over and how much time do they need to look at that material? Because remember, they've already gotten a lot from the January 6th committee, as we all did. So that delta is a thing which she needs to be focusing on and making sure they do have enough time to, you know, to master that evidence and present it um, you know, what, you know, in terms of what their defenses are to it. Uh, Amy Copeland, as a criminal defense lawyer, I don't know how many times a day you've had to read War and Peace, uh, but uh, this does sound uh, like a pretty heavy burden that they have. How much time could they, could, would a judge reasonably give them for this? I think they'd be better off asking for about a year from the date of indictment. Uh, one of the things that play in a federal case is a defendant has a right to a speedy trial, but the public has a real interest in a speedy trial, too. And given this case and the public interest in it, they, they really do. Um, we've got a guy who's in a presidential race, and this case needs to be decided sooner rather than later. This needs to be an Before the case. election. The April 2026, I agree with Andrew, that was written for another audience that wasn't the judge, but the judge will do something with this. Time the election rolls around. Before the election. This person should be allowed to run for office ever again. Why hasn't he been... Hasn't he been disqualified yet? Christopher Perez, Trump for prison. I said this case must be decided before the finished before the election. There is no way in hell, says in hell, <laughs> there's no way in hell 
this person should be allowed to run for office again. Why hasn't he been disqualified yet, Christopher Pred Prez Trump for prison? realistic will consider the speedy trial factors. And my best guess is going to be about a year from the date of indictment. Uh, Swimming, uh, all of these judges at this point in this case must be looking at every one of these filings, taking note anyway of every one of these filings. Uh, this certainly tells uh, the judge in Georgia what kind of a trial date to expect there. I mean, they're, they're talking this three years from now. Send this case, to so Lawrence. To Lawrence of MSNBC. Lawrence. Cece, Rachel Maddow. Love to be on your show too. Mom. Asking for something that's similar to that, no doubt, or, or more in Georgia. Well, it, it may very well be that each judge is watching or, or having their clerks identify the different timelines. Uh, but let's remember, these are, are, first of all, two different jurisdictions, state and federal. And at least four or three or four different judges, each of whom is going to have their own way of managing their docket and their own responsibility to the constituents, much like Amy Lee uh, indicated. And so while there may be an awareness, I, I would be surprised if uh, that awareness would really influence any particular judge to try to avoid the time schedule uh, of, of another judge's calendar. Human condition. That was it. <laughs> Made someone shy. Morning Joe highlights. <laughs> I almost uh, I almost got a job starting out in MSNBC or M NBC surrounding Donald Trump and their impact on the presidential race. Despite strong support among Republican voters, new numbers show Trump's criminal charges could spell trouble for him in a general election. Nah. Uh, we have a lot of legal uh, issues to get to pertaining to all of this. But first, the politics of it seems to be playing out. 
In the latest AP NORC Center survey, nearly two-thirds of adults, 64%, say they would probably or definitely not support Trump if he is the Republican nominee next year. Two-thirds. 62% view the former president unfavorably, compared to 33% who view him favorably. As for the four pending cases against him, just 15% of Americans are buying the ex-president's claims that he did nothing illegal in the Georgia case. And when it comes to his hoarding of nuclear secrets, on the contrary, 53% say his actions were illegal. 53% also say they approve of the decision to indict Trump in the federal election interference case. So, so, so we, we have a number of polls here. There's Dan, more coming. Dan, Dan had suggested that we uh, break these up beforehand, and, and I thought, no, well, why don't we go look? There's, there's so many. There's so much to get to there before we even get to the Fox News poll. Uh, but Charlie Sykes, um, this is what Republicans have quietly been panicking about. Uh, you look at these numbers, uh, 64%. Uh, Jonathan O'Meara, we'll go to you real quick. 64% in the AP poll, 64% say they're not going to support Trump next year. I actually saw people connected with Mitch McConnell and, and other Republicans uh, tweeting that out, that this is devastating. I mean, that's who the Republicans are moving towards putting up. He has a 33% approval rating, a favorable rating in that poll. The majority believe what he did was illegal. And there are some of the other polls that came out yesterday that are showing the same thing. Uh, independence breaking dramatically away from Donald Trump. Independence saying he should have been indicted. Independence saying overwhelmingly yeah. that what he did was illegal. Uh -huh. uh, and you look at the, it's, it's strange that, that uh, to me at least, but actually the Georgia case, um, voters are more hostile toward him on the Georgia case than actually election interference, where it's still 47% say what he did was illegal. Uh, and an additional 18% said it was unethical. But, but the Georgia case and the classified documents case, those two cases look like the strongest, which is exactly what Andy McCarthy wrote about in the New York Post a couple of days ago, that it's those classified docs and the Georgia election interference cases that are going to cause him the most trouble, probably legally and politically. Well, that's the same view held in Trump world, that those are the two cases all along that they've been most concerned about, in part because they're the easiest to understand. Americans, even who are not paying that much attention, who sometimes get lost in the, the steady stream of headlines that emanate from Donald J. Trump, they get the idea of you shouldn't have nuclear secrets at your golf club in Florida. They also have heard the phone call in which he's pushing the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, to find him the votes he needs to win. They get that. They, that resonates that breaks through. And the poll is startling, Joe. Going through a little bit more here, you know, there are 
54% of people polled say Donald Trump threatened the very idea of democracy, while only 19% say he defended. And again, among the general populations, this is both parties, 64% of Americans, 64% of Americans say they will definitely or probably not support Trump in 2024. That only leaves you with 36%. You can't win an election with 36%. So this is as much as Trump has tightened his grip on the Republican Party, and while he is far and away ahead in the GOP primary field, these are general election numbers. These are general election numbers that not only would spell a loss for Donald Trump, but drag down the rest of the ticket, too. And that's why there are a lot of Republicans panicking that the, they could lose the House and the Senate would be their chance to retake the Senate would also be jeopardized if Trump's name is atop the ballot. You know, we've been very careful not to draw any conclusions on where Republicans are going to go, um, uh, just because it's been so impossible to figure that out over the past six, seven years. My former party, we will say Charlie Sykes, for me, uh, this is feeling a lot like June of 1974, leading up to Nixon's uh, resignation in August. Uh, the, the, Trump will not back out. But I, I tell the story repeatedly of my father. When, I, when I'm trying to get my arms around how are they staying with Donald Trump, I remember my own dad staying with Nixon until the very end and then reading the transcripts of the tapes and saying that guy is unworthy to be president. You look at these numbers. I mean, 64% uh, of Americans saying uh, they're not going to support Trump. His approval rating of 33%. 54% saying he threatened democracy itself. 18% uh, saying maybe he strengthened it. Uh, his unfavorable views strengthened and, uh, Fucking you know, idiots. Continuing to go up. Uh, and, and then you look at these actions, uh, classified documents. Majority say what he did was illegal. Uh, and uh, Georgia election interference, 51% say it was illegal. 13% say unethical. Only 15%, only 15% of Americans, let's underline this, agree with Donald Trump that he did nothing wrong. Only 15% of Americans agree nah. with Donald Trump that he did nothing wrong in the classified 15% of fucking only idiots. Only 15% of Americans say he did nothing wrong. 50% of Americans are fucking morons. For good reason, the weakest case. Now we know. But these numbers, it sure seems like they're moving in one direction. And Charlie, the bad news for him is, the more people find out about these cases, the worse news it is for Donald Trump. Yeah, they ought to be a stunning reality check. Now we'll find out whether the Republican Party continues to be immune to reality. Um, this ought to be the moment, by the way, though, that... The, uh, the, it, it ought to mark the end of all the magical thinking among Republicans that, that you know, something, 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 unicorn was going to come along and take care of uh, Donald Trump, that they didn't have to do it, that, that somebody else would take care of the problem. You know, that, 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 that sense that they could amplify and rationalize and defend him. Um, and somehow run against him for president. Look, this is this moment where um, we have all of the major indictments have come down, and yet Republican voters continue to rally around him. So there is the challenge. What what does Mike Pence do? What does Ron DeSantis do? What does Glenn Youngkin do? Um, are are they going to continue to go along with the 
sort of, you know, same old, same old conventional wisdom. We have to humor him. Remember that quote uh, right after the election? What harm would it be to just simply humor him? Uh, we'll continue to uh, echo his comments about the weaponization of the justice system. But as you're pointing out, there are these giant reality checks out there saying, Republicans, do you know what you are about to do? You know, we keep talking about these focus groups of Trump voters and what people are saying in diners in West Virginia. Take a step back and you realize you have more than 60% of Americans who say, no, we are done with Donald Trump. We're not going to vote for Donald Trump. That ought to be the really the, the ultimate reality check for Republican voters and leaders right now. Well, we, we were joking yesterday about Chuck Rosenberg, uh, about how Mika wanted to talk to me about what somebody was saying on another cable news channel. And it thought was like, it was important like, to know what other people are saying and hearing and ingesting. at night, and I was, I was listening to, to some music to kind right. of forget about uh, the day, uh, the, the news day. And I, I, I said, we don't... We don't need to hear what they say. It doesn't matter what they say. What matters is what goes on in the courtrooms. And we all know where this is going. And you look at these you look at these poll numbers. We all know where this is going. And I think the question, Mika, is how long does Tim Scott, uh, again, somebody that I've said is a very strong candidate, how long does Tim Scott humiliate himself by pretending that Donald Trump did nothing wrong? How long does he humiliate himself by talking about Hunter Biden taking $7 billion, saying nothing about Jared Kushner's $3 billion, only 1% of that, as Steve Ratner told us, coming from the United States, and the rest coming from people he worked with in the Gulf? Like, how long are they going to paint these false equivalences? I'm not saying Jared did anything illegal. But if you're going to say Donald Trump sold nuclear secrets and Hunter Biden making $7 million from three different countries, and it's just seven, from three different countries, and you're going to create this false narrative, I keep trying to say it. And I wish somebody would listen to me in the Republican Party other than Chris Christie. This ends badly. This ends badly. You look terrible defending this guy who tried to steal an election and undermine democracy for the rest of your life. Well, more importantly, you look weak. They look weak. They you want to weak. elect a leader that can stand strong in the face of whatever comes his or her way. Right. And if something is wrong, want a leader, a leader with some fucking say, judgment. That's, that's not, that's not what our not constitution says. That's not what a democracy is about. That's not the president I will be. Where is that? And, and as Jonathan O'Meara pointed out, a majority of Americans say Donald Trump threatened the very existence of democracy itself. Only 18% said he strengthened it. Like, so I agree. That's you know, we can almost 20%. That's crazy. Y'all are fucking morons. Every American's voice is valid. Every vote should count the same. But this, I think the media needs to just wake up and stop obsessing on the people who make you catastrophize. Who say the craziest things to get more views, more hits, more whatever. Because the reality is, I mean, what matters, as Chuck said, is what happens in the courtroom. 
not the crazy stuff you're you're reading on on social media, or that you're you're, you're or that you're watching on television on another network, or that your crazy uncle sends to you something that he thought about while he was on the toilet, and you give that as much credence as you do news stories that come out of the Wall Street Journal with hundreds and hundreds of journalists, with, with, with dozens and dozens of editors, with the understanding that if they don't get it right, they're in big trouble, right? Yeah. So so you, you can do all that if you want. You're wasting your time because right now it's what matters inside the jury box. And politically, Mika, you look at these numbers, you see what independents are doing. And let me say again, Republicans, this doesn't get better. Isn't it interesting? The Democrats want cameras in the courtroom. Democrats want transparency. Democrats want this trial before the election. If you're innocent, what are you saying? You said, oh, yeah, I want cameras in the courtroom. Yeah, give this, I'm innocent. Give us time to get ready, and you're damn right, I want this before the election because I want my name cleared. What is Donald Trump and his Republican supporters do? They say, oh, no, 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 no cameras in the courtroom. No, no, we don't want no transparency. We don't, we, we, we don't want people to actually see what he did. And yet, let's push it off after the election. After the election. We don't want the jury. We don't have the jury to have a say before the election. Let me tell you, that's, that's somebody who's guilty. Because if you're accused of doing something you didn't do, you want transparency if, if, if you've been charged. You want that trial as soon as possible. You want it on TV for all the world to see. They don't. And also, politically, Megan, again, what matters is the jury box, but politically, look at where the independents are going here. The independents tell the tell for Republicans. So Fox News poll shows the majority of voters think Donald Trump broke the law in his efforts to stay in power following the 2020 election. In the survey, 53% say his actions after the vote were illegal. Wow. That includes 62% of independents who believe he broke the law. I'll go on to a new Quinnipiac poll conducted after Jack Smith's federal indictment of Trump this month, but before the Georgia Fulton County indictment, showing 54% of Americans think the former president should be prosecuted on federal criminal charges relating to his attempt to overturn the 2020 election. So here those independent numbers make it 62% wow. of independents believe Donald Trump, what he did was illegal. 62%. Only 22%. Only that the wrong one. There we go. Only 22% say it was not illegal. So, Robert, 62% to 22%. That's who the Republican Party, that's who they're embracing. So there's a lot of questions as to why Republicans would continue to walk down this road, Reverend Dow. Um, candidates like Tim Scott refusing to answer questions about basic, basic things that Donald Trump did. Um, Republican leaders in Congress as well not seeing how badly this ends. I mean, do the polls at this point, do the polls trigger a turn from Donald Trump? Because everyone 
with a brain who understands basics of the law and the Constitution can see where this is going. It shows the political cowardice of a lot of the opponents of uh, Donald Trump in the primaries because apparently their voting public, uh, their, the Republican voting public, is clearer than they are. How do you have these kinds of polls and you don't have any of the major candidates that are challenging or claiming to be challenging Donald Trump for the nomination, even near where the polls are saying their voters are? And it, it is outrageous when you think about it, taking a step back, uh, that the leadership of the party has acquiesced to somebody that is not only legally in question, but is uh, clearly toxic to a lot of the public. So what are you winning here? And, and I think Joe makes a very good point. If you have nothing to hide, if you, if you accuse me of something that I felt I was totally innocent of, I would say rush to trial because I want to be acquitted at best, hung jury at, at worst, before the election. Why would I want to wait after the election? If I'm acquitted before the election, it gives me a momentum if I'm Donald Trump to say that, see, I can win these primaries. I already proved one case wrong. The fact that you know the facts means you want to kick the can down the curve as long as you can because you know what you know and you know everybody else may know it at trial. Exactly. And, and Charlie Sykes, I mean, is it cowardice or is it stupidity? Like, Donald Trump's Republican Party has lost every election since 2017. I, I don't have to count. The thing. But, but here's, the, here's the thing. They know they're going to lose in 24 with Donald Trump at the head of the ticket. They know that. You look at these numbers. They know that. So, uh, I mean, when I was a Republican... Uh, not only do we like to win, we like to win big. Right. I didn't like close yeah. races. I never had close races. I got angry if it ever looked like it was going to be a close race. We ran, and we ran hard, and we ran to win. And now you've got people who are running to lose. They see the numbers. They know they're going to lose. And, and these politicians, you know, it, it, it's almost like a doctor that opens up a patient to, to see if they have cancer. Finds it all over their body, closes the body, and tells the patient, you're fine, you're good, you're going out, clean bill of health, enjoy yourself. Well, the doctor knows what's going to happen. This is what Republican leaders are doing now. They know they're going to lose with Trump. Well, they have two problems. Number one, they're not leaders, they're followers of the base, and they've been doing this for seven years, and uh, many of them know, obviously, that they're going to lose with Trump, but they're also afraid they will lose without Trump. I mean, this is, this is the, the, the corner they, they put themselves in. They've got a base that is so rapidly behind the cult leader that, that if Donald Trump is defeated, uh, or, or pushed aside, they're worried that those voters won't turn out and vote. So they have to figure out, how do you push past Donald Trump without antagonizing his base? And nobody has figured that out yet. But I do think, you know, to your previous questions, I, I think the debate in Milwaukee next week is going to be kind of interesting. And by the way, Joe, I totally agree with you. I don't think Donald Trump's going to show up. But we'll see whether or not there, you know, there is a response uh, to this massive reality check from the other candidates, whether Tim Scott actually wants to run for president or wants to run for vice president. Because if there's going to be a pivot, 
Um, it's hard to imagine that it doesn't happen relatively soon. Nobody believes that. 
Okay? You, you're talking, you, that people in the bubble believe that. Yeah. And so that's not the way forward to victory. That's the way forward to me saying next year, they lost in 17, they lost in 18, they lost in 19, they lost in 20, they lost in 21, they lost in 22, they lost in 23, they lost in 24. Do you really want that? Do you want to keep losing for a guy who won't even sign a loyalty pledge to you? Now, politics reporter for the Washington Post and author of the Daily Newsletter, the five-minute fix, Amber Phillips, joins us. Her latest piece is entitled, Why Trump's Georgia Arraignment Trial Could Be Different than the others. Also with us, the legal perspective, criminal defense attorney and former Watergate prosecutor John Sale. And MSNBC host Mehdi Hassan joins us as well. Great to have you all on the show. This John, hour. John, I always love having you on uh, because, uh, thank God, I never know what you're going to say, <laughs> which is uh, the highest compliment I can pay. You're sure. You, you uh, very independent-minded. I, 